was a rumble in the jungle once I heard dad was outside again counting birds And mama plugged in the nightlight and I saw the queen of the world Welcome to the Golden Hour Birth Podcast. Mama I am your co-host Liz. And, and I'm your co-host Natalie. And tonight we have another Missourian on. Her name is Malisha and she's a mom of four. So thanks so much for coming on tonight, Malisha. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast episodes. It's just fascinating to hear everybody's stories, and you guys do a great job. I think it's a really cool place that you're creating here. Thank you. Thank you. That's so great to hear. We appreciate that. So if you want to go in and tell us a little bit about your family, and we can go from there. I'd I'd love to do that. You guys said I, I live in Southwest Missouri, and my husband and I have been married for almost 18 years. We have four kiddos. They are, our oldest is 15 and she's Lydia, our daughter. And then we have two boys in the middle. They're both 13 right now because one was adopted and the other is just five months difference in age. So we have two 13-year-old boys and then we have an eight-year-old daughter is our little princess at the end. (laughs) And we homeschool. So we're a homeschool family here in Southwest Missouri and my husband works from home. So we're at home a lot during the day and then we all kind of scatter out and do all kinds of activities in the evenings. But that's so cool. (laughs) Family time. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. I love the name Lydia too. Such a pretty name. Thank you. Yeah. I guess I said Lydia's name. So it's Lydia and Matthew and Judah and Melody. Oh, they're all so pretty. Love all of them. (laughs) Thank you. So if you want to kind of go into how you and your husband ended the starting family and then what pregnancy is like, and we can kind of go in in your order. Yeah, sure. We got married pretty young, really. My husband was 21 and I was 23. And we knew we wanted to have children. We knew we wanted adoption to be part of how we had children. And when we got married, we got pregnant pretty quickly. We weren't planning on that. We were. I was actually having some medical issues. And in the midst of all of that and testing that was going on for that, we found out that I was pregnant. So that was quite a surprise. So we were fairly early on in our marriage and she was born right before our second wedding anniversary. So our oldest was a great surprise and threw us into parenthood. I like to say that we did all kinds of like preparation and thinking about marriage, but we didn't really do thinking and preparation about parenthood. <laughs> so I have, so we kind of just learned as we went and, you know, tried to catch up as we were, were going as far as parenting and stuff. But I, I have been really on a health journey the last decade or so of my life. And that has brought a lot of personal growth and emotional growth and all those things. And I kind of see the the journey of like having my children and their birth stories and stuff really paralleling that and kind of matching just the journey I've been on in life, which I think is kind of cool as I was thinking and kind of preparing to chat with you guys about that. I was like, wow, this has been a a neat little journey. Like you don't realize how far you've come sometimes until you stop and think about it. Mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for where we got to. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like you get to like grow as a couple, as a person, and you get to grow your children. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's so true. A lot of growth in different ways. 
Well, like kind of paralleling that health journey, like I really didn't know a lot about my body at 23 years old, to be honest. I, you know, and then when she was born at 25, like I didn't really understand a lot of how my body worked or what was happening to my body during pregnancy. I would say I was pretty uneducated and I had some desires, but no one else in my circle of friends or that I knew of personally was doing anything different than what the doctor recommended. <laughs> and anytime I brought up, you know, well, maybe I want to do this. And people would be like, oh, no, you don't want to do that. Like, you don't, you know, talking about having a natural childbirth or not doing pain medication or different things like that. Like, you don't need to be a hero. And, you know, this doctor's really good. You know, just do what he says. And, you know, looking back, I didn't ask anything of the doctor. So he did great, you know, <laughs> because I didn't ask anything because I didn't know what to ask. I didn't know, you know, what my options were. Mm -hmm. So that pregnancy was really just us following the doctor's orders and recommendations and 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 the same with the birth. One really interesting thing, I had an epidural with my first birth and it only worked on half of me. And if you've heard, talked to anyone that's had that experience before, I was really thankful after the fact that that happened because it kind of gave me a glimpse of what it would be like to have a natural childbirth, which mm -hmm. was kind of like my my desire to begin with, but I was kind of talked out of it, you know, and then I had the epidural and it only worked on half of me. And then afterwards, I'd be like, I know I can do this now. Like, <laughs> so it was kind of a, a neat thing to how that worked yeah, out. Yeah. And I'm thankful for it. It kind of gave me like the courage to actually speak up for what I wanted the next time. Yeah. So that was an interesting thing about that first one. But I really just, other than the doctor and that medical team, like I just didn't have a lot of support, you know, for that pregnancy or birth or, or education. And a lot of that was my own fault, honestly. <laughs> I just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't know what you don't know. Looking back, you know, I'm glad that I had a healthy girl coming out of it, but it was of my three pregnancies and births. Like it was definitely my most unhealthy. I can look back and say like my hormones were so out of whack. My recovery was the worst with my first, even though I was my youngest, you know? So I just learned a lot through that. And I, the most important thing I learned was really to speak up for what I really wanted and to educate myself because I needed to be able to know what I was, what I wanted, you know, and what my options were. And so I had to get myself educated first. Yeah. So was there like a, like a turning point that you were like, hey, I should like start researching and. Yeah. So our second child was born in 2009. And one, another interesting thing that happened in between there is we actually lived in South Carolina for seven or eight years. So our first daughter was born in Southeast Kansas. And then we moved to South Carolina. And our our second child, our son was born in South Carolina. So we had a new, whole new environment. And a lady that I was connected to there was a doula, you know, just like a natural relationship that I already had with someone. And then so when I got pregnant, I had a resource. I had someone that I could ask questions to. And, like, you know, she gave me so much information and pointed me in the right direction. So that was really a big stepping point for me is having that relationship with that person. And that's I think that's what you guys are providing here, you know, is an opportunity for people to share 
and learn. So I didn't, I didn't have anything like this when in 2007 or 2009, when those babies were born. And so I just think this is so wonderful, but, but she was great. And that was, that was such a gift for us. So for going into that second pregnancy, my husband and I both did classes with her and had lots of conversations with her and came up with our own birth plan at that point, because then we're like, oh, now we know what we want. And for that birth, I I labored at home for a long time. And <laughs> I was, you know, really wanting to stay at home as long as I could. But there came a point where my husband looked at me. He's like, I really think we should go to the hospital now. So we were planning to birth in the hospital with our doula and with our doula there. And so we, I was like, okay, you know, I think I'm okay. But he's like, no, I think we need to go. And he was really right because, I mean, we were at the hospital 30, maybe 40 minutes before he was born. So we barely got in there and, and you know, got into a room and everything just, just barely before yeah. he was born. And yeah, another funny part. So long. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I know. It's like the longest part was like actually just getting to the room. And once I was there, I was like, I could not not push. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my goodness. But that was a very memorable event. And one of the one of the things on our birth plan was that we really wanted my husband to catch our son as he was being born. And the doctor that we had been working with was really great with our birth plan and everything. He's very supportive. And but he wasn't the doctor there that night. And so it was a different doctor that had no idea what we wanted and hadn't read our birth plan and everything. So my husband and my and our doula were like trying to explain everything. And my husband was like, I know you just got in here and now you don't know this. And I know you don't know what the birth plan says, but I really want to catch the baby. <laughs> That's like the first thing he said as soon as the doctor walked in. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh. And he did. So he just, he's like, well, let me just check it out real quick. And so he just checked everything out. And then he stepped back and he let my husband do it and just talked him through it. So it was a really beautiful experience. And so most of our laboring was at home. I don't really have, you know, much labor at, at the hospital memories with that one. But I really am glad that we that we were able to be at home so long with him. I didn't have any, you know, complications with that. And, and I'm glad that my husband knew me better than I knew myself. And that's what I was going to say. <laughs> You're like, no, honey, we got this. We're good. And he's like, no, we got to go. He's like, I could see that look on your face. <laughs> I think we were ready to go. That's awesome. And I love that he was like, I know you don't know us, but just like, let me catch this baby. This is my plan. (laughs) Yeah, which that wasn't, even though we didn't get much, you know, time in the hospital, which I'm not complaining about with that one. Our last birth was five years later in 2014, and we were still in South Carolina. It was right before we moved back to Missouri again. And on that one, you know, you learn little things with each birth, I think, and just, you know, your own life experience and stuff like that. But we knew that we wanted to do some things the same and some things different. And I was just expecting it to go so much like my son's birth. And it did not. It was, we got to the, my water had broke and I got to the hospital and <clears throat> I was dilating well, but I was having a lot of back pain with my last girl. 
And she, I think they, you know, she just wasn't quite turned like 100% the right way and engaged and ready to come out. And it was, it was painful. And I had to label, I don't know, I think we labored for like four hours or something in the hospital, which some people labor so much longer. So I know that that's not anything to complain about in the long run, but it just wasn't what I was expecting. You know, I was in the hospital like 30 or 40 minutes with my previous natural child childbirth. And I was like, I know how to do this. This is going to be great. So it was a mental exercise for me when we got there and it was taking so much longer. And honestly, I, I got tired. I got really tired and I, my back hurt so bad. And so, but because my husband and doula had been there for me in my last pregnancy and delivery and you know, I was pushing like as soon as we got to the hospital with that second baby and I couldn't really say anything. And they said everything that needed to be said. And I was like, I really liked that. So in the third childbirth, that was another thing that I knew I wanted. I was like, I really don't want to have to answer like 34 questions. You know, I was like, if you can answer all the questions for me as many as possible, that that would be one thing that would mean a lot to me. And so during those four to five hours or however long we were there. I really didn't say much of anything to anyone except, you know, what I needed or wanted, you know, and they answered all the questions and communicated our birth plan. And we did have the doctor that we wanted on call that night. So that was really great. And she was very patient and let us really do what we wanted to do. So, and and in the end, it was a great story. (laughs) Yeah. Did you... try a couple different positions and yeah so since we were there so much longer we had a lot of time to to try different things so I was walking around and I was sitting on a ball and I was on my hands and knees and I I did all the things and so I ended up delivering that one on my her on my hands and knees because it that was the best position for the back pain that I had yeah did she come out yeah she, she finally she finally did did the right turn and she came oh, out she turned out great yeah that's good yeah those sunny side up babies can be a little hectic a <laughs> yes. back labor is no joke that was that was my story too yeah but he he like i don't even know what way he ended up coming out but that back labor was whoo i'll never forget it <laughs> yeah i mean it was pretty powerful exercise in advocating for yourself because I really liked my husband to rub my right where it was hurting. But when I was having a contraction, I did not want him to touch me at all because <laughs> it was just like my nerves were just too like intense in the midst of a contraction. And so it, it was kind of funny, like rub my back, stop touching me, rub my back, stop touching me. <laughs> a lesson in consent. Right. And I like how you have like everyone answering for you because like the last thing that you need is questions on top of back labor, on top of like working through those. Like I love that everybody was just taken care of for you. Yeah, it did. And it really allowed me to focus on what I was doing. You know, like I didn't have to think about all the questions the nurses had for me because they knew everything that was on our birth plan and what I would have answered. And so, I mean, there was a few things maybe that I chimed in on, but for the most part, I could just focus on 
what I needed to focus on. And I could focus on my body and my baby and breathing. And like, like I said, that one was mentally tough for me because I got physically tired and I just wasn't expecting it to be so different. So that was really important for me. It was really important for me to have that support system there and allow them to do the things that they could do. That really helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be kind of, yeah, like you would be caught off guard. Like I've had my two pregnancies and births and they went pretty similarly. And then I would, if I had a third, I would just be like, oh yeah, it's probably going to go the same, you know, probably even quicker. But yeah, if it didn't, I feel like, yeah, mentally that would be really tough. Yeah. That was the hardest part. I think just mentally getting my mind around, like I can still do this, even if it's not what I had pictured or what I wanted really, or what I had planned for, like I can still do this. Right. And so, and they also, you know, my, my doula and my husband were really encouraging me as well. And with those same words, you can still do this. (laughs) Yeah. Did you use any like techniques or like hypnobirthing or anything like that? I didn't. No, I don't. That's that's something that like if I had another baby now, like I think I would learn more about that. Like, honestly, I didn't even know about that. I hadn't even heard about that when I had my last baby. She was born in 2014. So I don't know how how popular do you think it was then? I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I know. I just feel like there's. There's so many awesome resources out now that that people can use that I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. So like from your first to your second, how do you think that like you better prepared yourself? Like I know you had the doula, but like what kind of research and things did you kind of go into knowing that like you wanted that natural birth? Oh, I, I, I read a lot of stuff online birth stories like birth stories of people that had done things similarly to like what I would have liked to do and you know I think reading through that because everyone was different so that was really helpful to have that knowledge base of experience because I didn't know a lot of people personally Mm -hmm. at that time that were doing that and so that were trying to have a natural birth you know and had a birth plan and things like that and so I had to search outside of my own circle of friends and and try to gain wisdom from from other people. So I'm really thankful that people were, were willing to share that kind of stuff and put their stories out there because it was really helped me mentally think through like, oh, is that what I want to do? Like, I like how they did this. Maybe I would change that, you know, and kind of gave me some insight onto like the different possible situations I could find myself in, you know, and things like that. So that was probably the most helpful thing outside of those classes that we took with our doula. I mean, she covered so much stuff in there. It was super educational. So like outside of that, I I really didn't feel like I needed to search for a ton of information, like questions that I had. She would point me in the right direction or talk through my options with me. But yeah, that's so cool. Like hearing of doulas back what was that 2009 yeah I like I mean I was in college so or I was in high school <laughs> like, just even like 
thinking like I don't even think I ever knew that word until I was out of college. It just seemed like such a foreign thing back then. Mm-hmm. And like my sister had had a baby in oh one, I don't even know oh three and oh five, and like mm-hmm. it was just you go to the hospital and that's what you do, duh. And right. like so, just hearing like a doula back in oh nine, I'm just like wonder like what her practice was like. I wonder. I guess I just wonder like about her career and stuff back then. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I think the the doula that we worked with, it was really just a series of relationships and a friend referring a friend and things like that is how she really got her business. Um, but just, yeah, so fantastic. So much wisdom and experience. I just, that's just so invaluable when like I didn't have any experience. So like, yeah. yes, please come with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I think like my recovery from my second and third births was so much better than it was with my first. I, you know, I didn't have the medicine and the interventions. And I'm, I had an episiotomy with my first birth. Oh. And, you know, and this took so much longer to recover. Yeah. Those yes. are hard to heal from. Yeah. yeah. And did they? Like, have- I just. I I don't think I was really asked. I think I was told, like, you know, like, we're going to do this now, okay? And I'm like, okay. They're like, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I don't know. Do I have another option or not? Like, yeah. Is that what everybody does? Okay, I guess that's what we're doing. Like, oh it's kind yeah. of ironic because my sister had her first in 03 and she was really young. She was... 18. And so they ended up just giving her an episiotomy and her epidural only worked on half of her body. And she's like, oh, heck no. <laughs> so she felt the opposite of what you did. She's like, yeah. never. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, definitely. I was like, I can handle that. I think I can do that. Like, it didn't scare me. I was, I think I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't. I just can't believe like they would do that back then, you know? Oh my, like that's very. I know. It's tempting think... to be frustrated, but at the same time, like I have to take my own like end of responsibility in that. And like, I really didn't ask any questions or <laughs> like, you know, request anything different of him than what he was planning to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how he would have reacted if I did. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he would have been great with it. Maybe not, but. I'll never know. <laughs> it's just such the great thing about having a doula too, is that they can explain like the options and like what Truly. even like if they're like, Oh, we're going to do this episiotomy. And you're like, I've never even heard that word before. Like, what, exactly. what is that? You know, like, and we just have this like natural tendency to like, you know, our doctors have like authority, you know, like, <laughs> We just go along and do what do what they say because we think that they're working in our best interest. And in yeah. childbirth, it's just different. Yeah, I think, yeah, that was definitely my mindset in 2007. And, and same with my whole health life in general, like birthing my children and my whole health really at that point was just like, do what the doctors recommend and you know, don't ask any questions and, you know, and just work within the system. And then I, you know, 
you just learn as you go along. And that's, I mean, if I could encourage anyone listening in anything through my story, it would be to really advocate for yourself and educate yourself. I mean, once you educate yourself and you know the options, you can choose. And I, you know, I am fine with anybody choosing what they want. But when you're not educated and people aren't telling you what your options are, that just doesn't seem right. (laughs) Right? Like people who are serving you know what your options are. So if they don't give them to you and explain them to you, that's just really not right. Yeah. I heard a good quote on a podcast. It was like, if you don't know your options, you have no choice. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That really resonated with me. (laughs) Yeah. It's very true. Mm -hmm. That is true. So tell us about your adopted son. Yeah. So when we had, after we had our second son, we decided to like look more into adoption and growing our family that way. And long, long story short, we ended up becoming foster parents. And our very first placement was a three and a half little, three and a half year old little boy in 2012. So he was really close to our other son's age. Obviously, I said that. Um, and he stayed in our house for two and a half years. And then he went back to his biological family. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then he found his way back to us. And then after that second time with us, we, we were eventually able to adopt him. So. He ended up being the second oldest because he was five months older than our biological son. And so, but they now it feels like we just have twin boys, basically. (laughs) I can only imagine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then we had some other foster kids in there as well. Like we had, you know, several other kids in and out of the home. Some of them were short term. Some of them were a little bit longer. And so that's why there's such a big gap or a bigger gap between you know, 2009 and 2014 births because we had all those foster kids coming in and out of the house. And so it felt like we were having kids still (laughs) as far as our family and house dynamic and stuff like that. And then we had our last baby in 2014 and and continued to be foster parents when we moved back to Missouri in 2015. And then we closed our home as foster parents in 2019. So we were foster parents for about seven years and adopted one, our son from. Wow. That's so cool. I love adopting. Yeah. What's the, like, what's, I don't know if this is too personal, but like, what's your mindset from like, they're a foster child. I'm like, you know, it's temporary to like the deciding to adopt. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the goal with foster care is to reunite that kid with their family. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a foster parent, you have to go into it with that mindset of that being your goal, too. You know, I would never want to take a child away from their family if they could be with their family. Mm-hmm. And so that has to be your mindset. But at the same time, when that child comes in our home, I'm going to love that child like they are going to be mine forever. <laughs> And that's what they deserve, you know, and it's hard, very, very hard to love a child like they're going to be yours forever and then say goodbye. So painful, but that's what that kid deserves. And so, you know, we never knew what the outcome would be with any child that came into our home, if they would go back to their families or if they would need to have an adoptive family. 
And so you just had to have like your hands open all the time, you know, to whatever the circumstances would be that you have no control over. And the, the things that I could control was, you know, how much I love and care for that child that day, you know, and you never know what the next day is going to bring or what, what phone call you're going to get the next day. So it's, it's a really hard emotional dynamic, but all of our kids and us as parents grew through that so much. It, it really grew us as a, a family, taught us how to love better and be less selfish and, you know, look side of our own four walls as far as caring for people mm-hmm. and things like that. So I think it's made my kids more empathetic and understanding of challenges that kids have, you know, that they know in, yeah. in their lives. So, yeah, for sure. Definitely like more accepting and, yeah, compassionate. Yeah. So, I mean, before we even got married, I want, I knew I wanted to adopt a child and then we ended up being foster parents and really the goal is not to adopt. So it's really, it's really hard, like emotionally, like, you know, God knows I really want to adopt someday. So I'm just going to hold that out here with open hands. Like my goal with this child is to get him back to their family. And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to trust that, you know, my desire to adopt will, you know, someday be fulfilled. And I just didn't know when or who that would who that would be. So how did it kind of come full circle with your son? You guys did adopt. So like after he went back to his family for those two years, you said, how did it come back around or how did he come back around and all of that? <laughs> that might be a whole nother podcast. It's a crazy story that is just full of impossible things happening. They, so he was our foster son in South Carolina. And his biological family lived in South Carolina, but decided to move to Missouri where they had some other family to Joplin, which is where my family is, where I'm from. So they moved to Joplin. And then when they got here, he ended up after, after some time, like a year or so, he ended up going back into care. And so we had a choice to make of what we were going to do. We were actually planning to move internationally. So we had sold our house. We had sold all of our belongings. We were ready to buy tickets to move to another country. And instead we bought, we drove our vehicles, which is the last thing we hadn't sold yet, and our suitcases. And we came to Joplin to be here for this boy that had been put back in foster care. And so we had a good relationship with the birth family. And we, when he went back into foster care, we knew about it. So I asked my sister to go and pick him up at the police station. And she did. And so my sister kept him until we could get back and get a foster license in Missouri and things like that. So, and then long story short, his family gave us their blessing to adopt him. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy. crazy And then we just stayed in Joplin. (laughs) (laughs) Your sister foster as well. Is that why she was. They let her take him as like an emergency kinship placement. Since they had a relationship and they knew each other, they let her take him as like an emergency type situation. Yeah. So, I mean, it really was just a whole thing of like impossible situations lining up. Like, so the, the thing with adoption, there's always like tragedy involved, you know, with alongside the blessing of the adoption. So there's always heartache that has happened to allow that child to come into your family so it's a it's always a crazy story to think about yeah I think I've had like my jaw drop twice on 
this podcast. And last night and tonight were the two. <laughs> last night, hearing that she had like multiple pregnancies and then tonight, like that's that's a, an amazing, beautiful story. And I'm so happy it worked out for you and your family. That's so, so awesome. Yeah, I'm really glad that's part of how our family has grown. This adoption's been a beautiful thing for us. And couldn't imagine it another way. Yeah. Very cool. I thought of another thing. One of the lessons I learned that I kind of wanted to share was, you know, being an advocate for yourself and educating yourself. That's so important in every area of your life, really. Another thing I I learned through that journey of having those kiddos was not making decisions based on fear. So a lot of people will make decisions because if they're afraid that if they don't do it this way, you know, this will happen or they're afraid what people will think a lot of times, really, or they're afraid that their doctor will give them some resistance to what they want, you know. So there's a lot of a lot of fear involved. And that educating helps educating yourself helps with that, because if you are educated, then there's less fear, right? You know more truth about things that can happen or decisions that you're going to make. But that was, that's been a big lesson for me too. And I got more and more confident in that, you know, by the third, (laughs) by the third time I had a child, then I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to walk in here being afraid of saying what I want, you know, being an advocate for myself, making decisions and things like that, or, you know, Whatever we had already pre-decided before we walked into that room, I don't want to change my mind now because I'm just afraid, you know. You want to be wise, of course. You want to be wise always, but not let fear, like, guide your decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever felt that? Did you feel fear or pressure to do things a certain way? Or Yeah. I'd say with my second pregnancy i had i had to have a talk with my provider about she wanted to induce me and i didn't want to be induced mm-hmm. and i just remember having so much anxiety about having that conversation and i ended up switching providers like mm-hmm. after wow. a terrible conversation about it and i was like you're not going to like scare me into having an induction you know like but it's not medically necessary. So, yep, I've had yeah. that. <laughs> Same discussion. <laughs> that mine was more supportive. And they're like, okay, okay, if you're sure, you know. Yeah, mine was not. So I fired her. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't think of anything, but, you know, as soon as like we jump off of this, I'm, something will come to mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it's like, well, you have to do this to your baby because if you don't, then this mm-hmm. or this or this will happen, you know, yeah. when there's like a 0.1% chance that it might happen, but they're going to tell you <laughs> whatever, you know. Yeah. Like a lot of fear tactics, I think, in trying to get you to cooperate with mm-hmm. the norm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess like that I'm kind of going through that like right now, like I'm 37 weeks. I had my son at 39, like no intervention, nothing. I, everything happened on its own. And my provider yesterday was like, so do you want to schedule an induction for 39 or 40 weeks? I'm like, no, like I'm thinking like maybe 41 if if I need to. And she's like, we really don't require it. Or like we wouldn't really say that that's best practice. And I'm like, okay, I don't care. 
Again, this point, I'm like, it's just going to happen on its own again. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. Yeah. You've had some great stories on this podcast of people with, with that experience, too. Just to confirm yeah. what you're saying, just trusting your body, trusting that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not letting, you know, people put pressure on you to rush. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I've already like lost my mucus plug, so we'll see what happens. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not like really imagining that I'll have to use an intervention again. And I think that was like the best thing that I did for the first time around was like just using like the natural like things that you've heard. Like I did ask for a sweep, but that was because my blood pressure was rising and I was like getting nervous that I would have to be induced. So I was like, okay, like a sweep will maybe start the, some things and then sex, walking, <laughs> yeah. other things. And sure enough, like five days later, he was born. So I'm just imagining that everything will happen the same way. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's perfect. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have to be okay with some kind of resistance. You know, like if you're going to go against the norm, it's it's good to have the mindset of like, some people may not accept this. Some people are going to question me and just kind of be prepared for meeting that resistance. Like, you know, we had some from family and friends, some from medical providers. You just got to kind of like get some thick skin and kind of expect that at some point. I think I definitely grow, have grown in that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still remember okay not pleasing oh. everyone. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I still remember telling my mom originally that like oh yeah i'm gonna have like a natural birth and blah 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 and she was just like okay like i don't know why but whatever like whatever you want to do and then now she's like she goes and tells everybody like my daughter had a gentle birth (laughs) she's using all the words and everything (laughs) that's amazing yeah oh my gosh well, I, I, can, I guess that kind of convinced myself because I had that experience of my first childbirth and the difficult pregnancy and recovery and everything. And then night and day almost for my second birth. So that gave me a lot of confidence, like going into my second birth. I was like, that's definitely the way I want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like a total 180 from your first to your second. and then. Like your second to your third, you were like, you know, like, I've got this. Like, why are you guys even asking me? I've got this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it really just my mindset and my, you know, how mentally prepared I was by just through educating myself. I know I've said that like a hundred times, but that's a huge, huge piece of my story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the theme of the podcast. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm going along with the theme. So is there anything else you want to add from like postpartum wise or I guess just like, you know, being a mom of teenagers and everything like that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, thinking back postpartum, like I learned a little bit each time as well. And so by that fourth, third child in 2014, I knew a lot more about health and wellness in general and like nourishing foods. And I knew what I would my body was going to need to recover. And so I was just much more prepared. So think through that far as well. Like if you're preparing for your childbirth and all of that, make sure that you have a plan for afterbirth as well to 
not just take care of the baby, but to take care of yourself to replenish your body and, you know, how you're going to rest and take care of your other kids and, you know, all the things. That's really important because if you get, you get home and you feel so depleted and if you have other kids at home, then you don't get to rest. And, you know, so you need support and to have a plan and, and some things in place at home already, you know, have the supplements that you need and the meals in the freezer that you need and and things like that. So that was definitely way better by my third kid as well. Yeah. What supplements would you recommend? I think like your your pregnancy and birth really deplete you of minerals. So that's the first thing that I always recommend to my friends that are having babies now. I'm like, make sure you get some minerals, you know, like some trace minerals or a beef liver, like a grass-fed beef liver supplement that has wonderful nutrients and minerals in it. So something to like replenish those minerals. You know, if hopefully you get to experience breastfeeding and so you're going to need lots of calories. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just planning for for that food, making sure that you're eating nutrient-dense food that that is going to keep your body sustained and allow you to to feed another human for sure (laughs) yep it takes a lot of it (laughs) yeah it was like last night i like couldn't even go to sleep i was so hungry it was like 2 a.m and i'm like starving and i'm like i haven't had this kind of hunger since i was breastfeeding last time because i would body is like fuel up fuel up yeah (laughs) I'd like snack all night, like when I'd have to like get up and pump or feed him. I would like have a snack. Liz, your amazing protein balls or bites that you like oh, made yeah. me, which I was going to ask for again. Yeah. Those yeah. are a must have for <laughs> pregnant and nursing moms. Yeah. That's my go to that and lasagna. <laughs> yeah. I was literally going to ask you for both. <laughs> but I was just like, I need like a granola bar. I couldn't even like go back to sleep until I had something in my stomach again. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of the breastfeeding hunger. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's real. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're another mineral supplement, like magnesium would be a great one if you're buying like individual things. So some trace minerals that you can add to your water or or just take by themselves. Magnesium. You can <clears throat> eat liver or you can take a liver supplement. That would mm-hmm. be really good for you and your baby. And, you know. If you're having a a baby in the winter, you need some vitamin D for sure. Almost everyone is deficient in vitamin D, especially in the winter. So keep keep taking those like normal supplements that you would take as well. Like, you know, those aren't going to harm your baby or anything at all. So. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Good to know. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. This has been really cool for me. I'm just thinking back through all these stories and how far you know, I've come, but it was, it was just people speaking into me and, you know, helping share by sharing their wisdom and giving me resources and things like that. So this community thing is really important. Awesome. Yeah, we agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that we connected and we're able to have you on. I am also curious about your new podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just launched it this week. That's awesome. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. My business is Daily Wellness. So it's the Daily Wellness Podcast. So it's just a place where I can share like more broadly about all kinds of health and wellness issues and 
You know, I have my husband and I did the first episode just sharing about our own family's health journey. And then I have interviews with some functional medicine doctors and nutrition counselors and things like that. And just moms that are trying to, you know, live healthy with their children and, you know, that whole dynamic of not just you being on a health journey, but your whole family. So you're going to hear from some families that are that are trying to do that. And it's I'm so excited, like all the the interviews and stuff have been so good. I can't wait for people to hear them. Oh, awesome. I can't wait to hear them. Yeah, yeah I it's helpful for you. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, we'll link that in the in the show notes for sure. Yeah. So all these mamas. That's my that's my heart really is because I know it's it's hard when you're on a health journey, but then to like bring your family along too is a whole nother like level. So I really my heart is really to encourage moms that they can they can do that. <laughs> like you can teach your kids how to live healthy while you're learning, you know, and everyone can kind of do it together. Yeah. Do you and your husband do the episodes together? We won't do all of them together. We did the first one together and it'll mostly be me interviewing people, but he's more than willing to. So whenever I have an idea, I'm sure he'll jump in. (laughs) Hey, it sounds awesome. I can't wait to listen. Thank you, girls. Yeah. What are some ways that people can connect with you through Instagram or Facebook or your website? Yeah, all the things. (laughs) My website is the is dailywellnesscommunity.com. So, and there's a link to my blog and my podcast on there. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, Daily Wellness Community. Awesome. Cool. We'll link all that in the show notes for our listeners too. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. I loved hearing all about your kids. Thank you. I'm your journey. You don't get the chance to share all of your birth stories at once very often. So this was super fun. Just yeah, I loved hearing all of that and then how the adoption came full circle. It's like making my heart just so happy and warm for your family. And I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in again this week. We'll be back next week with another episode. Yeah. I guess we'll just see you next week. <laughs> thanks, ladies. <laughs>